Good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship Church. And today I want to welcome you to the fourth and final installment in our series entitled The Life Change Challenge. As you heard, we got a great series coming up next month on uh, love, sex, dating, and marriage, or, well, love, dating, marriage, and then sex. Okay, let's get the right order on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Anyway, uh, that's next week. Today, we are finishing up our series called The Life Change Challenge. And the idea behind this, is, this last one, this may be the most challenging of all the challenges because today I'm going to challenge us to let go. In fact, inside your bulletin, you will find an outline entitled, Letting Go Will Change My Life. Four challenges of reading our Bible, of getting in a small group, of worshiping regularly with other Christians. Today, letting go. Letting go of what? Well, letting go of past hurts. And future worries. I have up here today some visual aids, two bags of garbage. Can you imagine going to dinner with a friend and you're sitting at dinner, you invite a friend to dinner and they come walking in, they're banging through the restaurant, knocking people with these bags of garbage and you sit down to eat at this really great meal. There's flies buzzing and there's rancid smell and there's stuff dripping out of the bag and they sit down and they go, oh, so glad we could meet. And they put down their garbage and you're sitting there going, what are you doing? Well, I just carry this with me everywhere I go. Or maybe you go to a family gathering, and you're there at Christmas, and everybody's opening presents, and it's great. And everybody goes, what's that smell? It's like, oh, yeah, well, in addition to all the presents, I brought the garbage. And you go, John, nobody does that. Really? So you've never gone out to dinner with anyone, and every time you go out, they bring up a past hurt? Every time you know how the conversation is going to go, you've never been to a family gathering, and every time we talk about the worry for the future, and sometimes we're the ones who've done it. Got to bring that up again, don't you? Really? We're talking about this again? Hey, if we're going to have the best year we've ever had, which is why people set New Year's resolutions, then a big part of making 2014 better than 2013 is to make sure we don't bring junk from the past or worries about the future, all that garbage, into this year. The Bible has a lot to say about this practical, useful advice, and I want to share it with you today. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I pray that every single person in the sound of my voice will have the best year they could possibly have this year. But Lord, in order for that to happen, we're going to need to let go of some things. Some of us here today, Lord, we need to let go of hurts from the past. We've hung on to them for 10 years. 20 years, maybe longer. And Lord, uh, many beautiful days are ruined by something that happened a long time ago because we can't get past it. Some of us, Lord, we're worried about the future. No problems today, but we're sure bad news is coming tomorrow. And our imaginations run away with us. And so God, today I pray that you'll speak and you'll move me out of the way. And Lord, we're not going to drag garbage into this year. pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so if you need a pen, uh, raise your hand. And I'm sorry, I looked at this outline when I got it. I like, I mean, I have like 900 things to fill in today. I didn't realize that until I saw the thing. So if you need a pen to fill in all those myriad of blanks, please raise your hand. One will be passed to you by one of our ushers. Point one is simply this. Letting go of hurts from the past will change my life. We'll start with that one. Hurts from the past. Point two will be letting go of worries from the future. Look, if I'm going to focus and live my year, this year, the way I should, I can't go around carrying a bunch of garbage from the past, hurts from the past. People said things to me, 
did things to me. People promised me stuff they do they never fell, they never followed through on. Stuff was hurtful. And some of it's really hurtful. I mean, after our first service, we had a chance to pray with people here this morning, and some people came just weeping. So I'm not pretending this isn't real. This is something we all deal with. People will hurt us. The question is, am I going to carry that hurt along with me everywhere I go and let something that happened 10 years ago spoil today? Something that somebody said when I was a teenager is still aggravating me and causing me to clench my teeth in 2014. Mm. Here's the challenge. We got to let that stuff go. Colossians 3. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Jesus said, Matthew 6, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father forgive you, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, John, what are you talking about with forgive? Forgive in its purest form, simply means let go. So, John, you're saying, you're telling me I'm supposed to pretend that person was right in what they did? You're telling me I'm supposed to pretend the problem never happened? No, I'm not telling you to pretend there's not trash in this bag. There's trash in this bag. I'm telling you not to bring it in the restaurant. So you're telling me nobody ever threw trash in this garbage can? No, I'm telling you don't bring it with you. People are going to hurt us. People are going to say things they should never have said. They're going to do things they should never have done. Some of them will apologize. Some of them won't. The question is, what am I going to do with the garbage that comes into my life? And when the Bible says forgive, it simply means it doesn't mean the person should have done it. it doesn't, we're not pretending. We're not sweeping stuff under the rug. We're saying, I'm going to choose to let go. I'm not going to try to collect on that. Here are a few suggestions on this, and you'll see how this works. First of all, if you and I are going to be serious about letting go and not dragging trash into the, from the past into this year, um, we need to make a list. Make a list of people who've hurt me by what they said or did. It helps so much. Sometimes we can have thoughts ruminating in our minds and other things. And if we put black ink on white paper, just writing something down, just saying, this is what the person did, and this is, I mean, this is the person, this is what they said, this is what they did. Just name it. Because then I can have a list that, now I'm moving to point two here, that I can surrender. I can surrender to God. I can surrender the offense and the offender to God and pray to him about it every day, maybe multiple times a day, because this really hurt me. Here's a sample prayer. Oh, Lord, you know exactly what happened. I give you my hurt. I surrender this situation to you. I trust that you will settle any score. Please give me the strength to forgive my offender. Amen. I mean, when you've been carrying garbage around for a long time, it's hard to let go. If I let go, how do I know anybody? This was unjust and nobody else stood up for me and I've got to stand for justice. But I'm not standing for justice. I'm just really becoming bitter and angry. I'm just really holding a grudge now. There's nothing that's being done about it. And so what the Lord would have us do is surrender. But what it would also have us, the next point is to repay evil with good. If it's possible with me, I need to be at peace with all people. And even if people give me dirt, if I do me wrong, I can do good in return, and then I'll find healing, and it really helps me let go. Here's what Paul wrote about this. He said, Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it's written, I will take vengeance. I'll repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. 
Instead, do what the Scriptures say. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink, and they'll be ashamed of what they've done to you. God says this. He says, look, I know you've had hurts. I mean, if anybody knows what hurts are like, think of Jesus nailed to the cross. He understands betrayal. He understands injustice. He understands being murdered. Hatred. When people were nailing him to the cross, they called him a fool. They called him a liar. They called the Son of God a blasphemer. They spit in his face and they mocked him. They said, if you're the Son of God, then come down off the cross. And I'm telling you, if that was John Schmidt, I would have. And I'd have called down 10,000 angels and we'd have settled the score right then. But you know what? Jesus said, I didn't come here to seek revenge. I came to forgive. And he even prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the Lord says, you let go of that stuff, I'll settle any score. Vengeance is mine. I'll repay. You carrying this around, this will just ruin you. It'll ruin every dinner. It'll ruin every family gathering. Because once again, we got to drag it out, what your sister-in-law said last year. Once again, we got to bring it out, what happened when we first got married. Back up the dump truck, dump it all on the table. Let's just ruin every single holiday. And that's not what God wants. The final step in this is you and I have to keep resurrendering our situation to God. Peter once asked Jesus, well, Lord, okay, I'll surrender something, but how many times do I need to forgive? Seven? How many times do I need to forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, 70 times seven. But I can't keep track of 490 times. Exactly. And if you and I really want to let go of something, it's easy to, it's real tempting to say, okay, I'll let go of it, but then pick it up the next day. Yeah, but I'm, I'm putting that back, back on my shoulder. And so it's a discipline. We have to keep resurrendering it. And some of us, we need to resurrender it every day, multiple times a day. And it's okay. Now, two real quick notes on this. If we're going to get past a past hurt that people, where people have hurt us, it's important to remember that bitterness will destroy us. I mean, if we don't let go of it, we're going to become bitter. Writer of Hebrews 12, writers of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. It's like a root that grows up in your soul. It's like a cancer that spreads through your whole body. It's been pointed out by many that to harbor a grudge and to seek revenge... It's like drinking a cup of poison every day and hoping the other guy gets sick. You know, if I'm moody and depressed and angry and I'm just mad all the time, that's going to show that I'm a better person. They'll see that. If I'm walking around on a perfectly good day, stomping my feet and slamming doors, and the other person lives 500 miles away, that'll trouble them. No, it won't. It's just going to bother everybody else. It's like carrying this garbage into a restaurant. It doesn't bother the person who threw the trash in the trash can. It bothers everybody else that you're coming around now. It achieves nothing except ruining today with troubles from yesterday. And so we've got to let go. Lord, you saw what they did. You know what was said. And Lord, you'll settle any score. I surrender it to you. Please give me the strength to forgive. I want to be like Jesus.
Now, one more note that I need to bring up here. You and I need to be careful to get help. I want to say this because I've presented this a couple of times before, the importance of forgiving and letting go. And invariably, somebody will write and say, you know, I'm in a horrible situation. My husband beats me and treats me terrible. And but he came home and, you know, and he apologizes. And so he said, the Bible says you have to keep forgiving me. And he keeps beating me every time he gets drunk. Let me just say this. If you're in a situation that's abusive or dangerous, you need to get help. All right? By the way, we have Christian brothers here in this church who are state troopers and police officers and sheriff's officers, and we would love to arrange a meeting of the brethren with a person like that, okay? <laughs> so that's not what I'm talking I am not saying that. Just go be a punching bag for somebody. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, for the rest of us, there are many of us, we're not in that situation at all. Somebody stole the promotion three years ago, and we still think about it every day when we get to the office. Some of us, something that was promised to us wasn't delivered, and my goodness, I'm going to bring that up every single time. And that's when we need to let go. And the Lord says, you surrender that. I guarantee you have a better year. You'll experience joy. You'll experience peace. And you can enjoy today for what it is. Now, there's another part of this, too. If I'm going to let go, if it hurts in the past, sometimes the hurts in the past are with things that people, ways that people hurt me. But there's another part to this. You and I need to make amends to people we've hurt. I mean, some of the hurts that I'm dragging forward in 2014, I'm responsible for see my next door neighbor outside and I walk inside because I borrowed his power saw and I never brought it back. And now he's mad at me. Imagine that. And so I'm coming to church and I see a brother or a sister in church and I'm the one who said something that shouldn't have been said and I have a guilty conscience about it, but I'm embarrassed about it. So don't go apologize. And Jesus said this. So if you're standing before the altar of the temple equivalent today, so if you're coming to church and singing praise songs, offering a sacrifice to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. I mean, if you and I will do this, it will be life-changing. I remember once I was in a worship service where um, I had handled something uh, the wrong way, and somebody got their feelings really hurt, and some mutual friend made me aware of it, and Kind of going, yeah, I probably could have handled it better, but it's not my problem. It was the other person's problem. Well, I was at a worship service where that person was there. And the person leading the worship service even said, you know, there was communion at the end, and they read the passage where if you take communion in an unworthy manner, you're going to get sick. I was like, oh, great, I'm going to get sick, okay? So if there's somebody here you need to apologize to, go do this right. And so um, when everybody got up to take communion, I walked over and said, you know, I just want to... Say, I'm sorry. It's okay. I didn't get sick. I got more than that. I got free. I mean, if you and I have something against somebody, we need to get out from under that. Because that's a burden that we're carrying around too. And it smells every time we get around the person. A few suggestions. Uh, this will surprise you. Make a list. <laughs> okay. And uh, on the back of your outline, on the very top on the back page, made a list right there, a sample list, a one, two, three list of, up here of 
hey, here's a list of people I've, that have hurt me and a, people, and a list of names of people I've hurt. What's really good is to make them on the same sheet of paper because it keeps you balanced. If you struggle with forgiving someone, it helps to also put on the same piece of paper people you need to make an apology to. And then all of a sudden when Jesus said, hey, don't go around pointing the speck in your brother's eye when you got a log in your own, that all starts to make a lot more sense. Because most of us will have people on both sides of the ledger. Make a list of people you've hurt by what you said and did, unpaid debts, broken promises, harsh words, unfaithfulness, manipulation, lies, neglect, stealing, power saw. And then after we make a list, it's good to pray for wisdom and get advice as to how and when and where to apologize. I mean, uh, Proverbs 18 points out a real truth here. It's harder to make amends with an offended friend than to capture a fortified city because he might be carrying some bitterness like this against me. And it's good to go get counsel because sometimes, I mean, you and I need to make amends when it won't make things worse. And it's good to get counsel from a mutual friend. Is this going to make things worse? There are some situations where it clearly would. There are other situations, the timing and how you handle it, oh my goodness, it would help if you get counsel first. Here's a little bit of that practical wisdom right here. You and I need to apologize privately, humbly, and sincerely with no excuses. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. That sounds a whole lot better than, well, I'm apologizing. I wouldn't have to apologize if you weren't so sensitive. I mean, it's not really my fault, but everybody thinks it is, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you just can't handle the truth. Yeah, keep your apologies. Not welcome here. If you want to make a real apology, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Would you say those words with me, please? I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. One more time. I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Look, some of us, that's easy to do, and some of us, that's hard for us. Some of us have a hard time saying those words. But if you and I want to get past problems... You'd be amazed at how many people will let go of things they have against us if we're willing to say those words. And all of a sudden they go, oh, okay. Yeah, let's let it go. And finally, if you and I want to make amends, we need to make restitution if possible. Here's the golden rule. Jesus said it. Do to others as you'd have them do to you. Hey, somebody borrowed a power saw, didn't bring it back, or they broke it. They didn't bring it back because they broke it. You know what you need to do? Go buy a new power saw. Bring the new one over there. Well, then I'm stuck with a broken one. Yeah, you broke it. A fellow came to me once and apologized because he said some bad things to three of our mutual friends and said, I'm sorry I said that to him. How can I make amends? I said, well, go find those three friends and tell them what you just told me. I mean, right? Doesn't take Einstein to figure that out. If you're going to set things right, set them right. And then I'm not carrying around all this stuff and avoiding my neighbor. And when they're on aisle one, I'm deciding I'm going down aisle five so I don't have to run into them. Now it's like, hey, this is real. I can let go of past hurts. I'm going to make amends so that I'm not causing somebody else to carry bitterness into this year. So if I'm going to have a better year this year than last year, I've got to let go of past hurts. And so do you. We need to let go. People who've hurt us and people we've hurt.
Because that's garbage. And it smells bad. Now, a second thing that we need to let go of, if I'm going to make a better year this year than next year, a second bag of garbage that a lot of us carry around, we might not have a problem with somebody from the past, but we're carrying a lot of garbage and comes in the form of worries about the future. I'm worried about the future. How are we going to pay for tuition when the kids get to college? Got to stay up all night worrying about it because they're one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we got a job now, but I was reading that this, this job might be phased out next year. Where were you reading that? Well, it was the National Enquirer, but I need to pay attention to those things. And it's amazing how things can rattle around our brains and we can talk ourselves into terrible things that, are, that aren't even true. Here's what Jesus said about worrying. Listen to Matthew 6, Jesus in Matthew 6. I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Would you underline that last sentence? Today's trouble is enough for today. Would you say that out loud with me, please? Today's trouble is enough for today. Turn to the person next to you and say it. Today's trouble is enough for today. If you agree with that statement, would you raise your hand? Okay, so then why do we go and bring a, and say, you know, I just don't have enough to worry about today. I'm going to start worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet and may not happen, but I'm going to go borrow a cup of worry and drink it. Why on earth would I do this? I'll tell you why, because there's a devil. And if he can't get us stuck in the ditch of worrying about things from the past and hanging on to things of the past and making us bitter, then he's going to make us worried and afraid. And he doesn't care as long as we're not serving God today. And if I'm going to have the best life that I can possibly have, I can't allow that to happen. Neither can you. Here are three important considerations I want you to consider. Instead of worrying, and these are steps to avoid this, instead of worrying, you and I need to trust God to provide for our needs. I mean, a lot of our worries are exactly what Jesus said. I don't know if I'll have enough. I don't know if we'll be able to afford this then. Now, it doesn't mean we live beyond our means, but if we're living within our means and we're planning a budget and we've prayed about it and doing the things that God wants us to do, then somewhere along, along the line, we've got to trust that God will provide. He knows we have kids. Or he knows that I'm starting this new job. He knows I prayed about it and I'm following his direction. He'll take care of me. Jesus said this. He said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for their heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more, far more valuable to him than they are? And why do you worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory wasn't dressed as beautiful as they are. Beautifully as they are. So why do you have so little faith? And please, under, please circle little faith. Why do you have so little faith? This is a faith thing. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything that you need. I mean, seeking God and living righteously means living within our means, first of all. But if we're doing that, then why are we worried about God's provision? We prayed for the house. Yeah, God gave us it's a good house. Prayed for the job. Yeah, he gave me a good job prayed that we'd have enough to send our son to college, and he provided it, and he got scholarships and all that, and God answered prayer after prayer after prayer. Yeah, but now what's he going to do? Now I'm coming on retirement. Now I've got to worry. I mean, he's only taken care of me for 40 years. I don't know if it, there might be a 40-year limit on this. The Lord says, why do you have so little faith? 
I mean, God understands it when people who don't know him carry around this garbage. But if we're his children and we carry it around, why are you carrying this around? What, you didn't read in the Bible that I'm loving and kind and I provide? Okay, maybe you'll provide, but what if I don't know what to do? Well, that's point B. Instead of worrying, we need to trust God to guide us. Instead of worrying about, oh, I'm not going to know what to do, God says, let me handle that. The Lord says, I will guide you. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you if we just listen. Delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37. First was Psalm 32. This is Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. What is fretting? This is fretting. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. That's fretting. It's not peace. That would be the opposite. And so if I'm sitting there and I'm fretting about stuff, wringing my hands, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. The Lord doesn't want us to live that way. That's not part of good life. So if I want a better year in 2014 than I had in 2013, if I don't want to fret, then i got to go, okay, God, you'll provide for me. I'll do the best I can. I do my best, pray that it's blessed, the Lord takes care of the rest. I'm going to pray for guidance. God, guide me. Because, I mean, there's always more guidance. And when your kids are little, you pray and you get them in the right school. And then they grow up and then you pray that God will help them learn to drive. And man, do you pray when they start driving. And you pray, man, I hope they find the right person to date. And then they get in the right college. And God, give them guidance, give them guidance, give them guidance. And then they find the right person to marry. And there's always something. And after that comes, then they want to buy a home. And then they want to have grandkids and all these things. And your grandkids. And it's like, oh my goodness, there's always something to worry about. And if I want to, I could just bind myself into a bag of knots here, carry out all this garbage and talk about all these problems that people have today. And I can't even enjoy the moment when I'm with the people I'm worried about. Instead of worrying, we've got to trust God to provide. Instead of worrying, we've got to trust God to guide. Instead of worrying we got to, or being anxious and afraid, we need to trust that God will always be with us. Here's a great thing. Listen to these words of the Lord, Isaiah 41.10. I could have put a whole bunch more than this. I mean, one of the reasons God says, hey, you can let go of this is, I'm going with you. I mean, it gets scary when we're on a journey, when I've gone someplace I've never been before. I've never been here before. I know. But if an experienced guide was going with you, I'm going with you, John. It's going to be okay. Well, that's what the Lord says. He says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. And there are many times, I mean, I could quote Isaiah 41.10 to you. I've got it circled, starred, highlighted in this Bible that I carry around. Man, oh man, have I failed to put that in practice at times. But Lord, I've never done this before. Well, yeah, John, I know, but I'm like going with you. Romans 8. Apostle Paul says, does it mean that God no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or if we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. There it is. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
And David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're there right beside me. So I've got to worry, John. I've never done this before. It's a new job. I've got to worry, John. I've never been a parent before. You don't understand, John. I have to worry. Because God is with me. And he'll provide for my needs and he'll guide me. So what am I worried about? And that brings us to a life application. You and I need to pray instead of worry. Here's how you let go of all those worries. Doesn't mean that we don't experience worry. Doesn't mean we don't experience those things. But that's when we need to pray. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. This is Paul in Philippians 4. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And peace is the opposite of fret. Fretting, peace is the opposite of worry. And God wants us to experience peace. And then we can let go. My wife reads a a devotional called Jesus Calling every day. The other day she was uh, telling me, she goes, oh, this is a good one for you for worrying about things. And uh, it was fun because the devotional said something to this effect. It said, you know, in our lives we're going to go through hard times. And God promises to go with us through the hard times. Exactly what I'm talking about here. And the devotional pointed out something I'd never really thought of before. And it simply said this, is that as we go through hard times, God knows we're going through them. And in his sovereignty, he knew that in advance. And so he's walking right beside us. He intended for us to go through it once. But guess what worrying does? It lets us go through it 10 times. And then if we hold on to things from the past, we, it'll be the gift that keeps on giving. Hey, I went through it once. But I can worry about it 10 times and make it 10 times worse than it was. And then after it happened, I can keep reliving it. Man, isn't this great? And the Lord says, what are you talking about? You don't have to worry about it. When the time comes, I'll see you through. And when it's over, let go of it. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then you can love the people that I put in front of you today. And you can seize the opportunities I have for you right now. You're not always thinking about all the stuff that might go wrong in the future, and you're not worried about all the stuff in the past you're dealing with today because each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus said that. And I think he marveled at how little faith we all have. So here are a few suggestions about getting rid of worry. One more time, make a list. (laughs) Okay. I mean, writing stuff down helps. I need to make a list of people I need to forgive. I need to make a list of people I need, I need to ask forgiveness from. I also need to make a list sometime of the things that really cause me to worry. And some of us get worried about money. Some of us get worried about the future of, of our living situation. Some of us worry about our kids. Some of us worry about our jobs. Some of us worry about all of it. Because we just like to worry. We came from a long line of warriors, and we're professional warriors, John, and we're good at this, Okay. We need to make a list that make us worried, anxious, or afraid, and then we need to pray through that list at least once a day, maybe twice a day or more, until we find peace and say, God, you know what? I'm surrendering this to you. I'm going to give you thanks for what you're doing. (sighs) Guide me. Provide what I need. I know you're with me. And then record insights next to that list whenever God gives you answers to prayer in your journal. 
Today's answered prayers will strengthen you when you encounter problems in the future. So if you're doing what we said on the first week of keeping a daily journal in your Bible reading, add some prayer requests in there. And then when God answers a prayer, he gives you an insight about something you prayed about, write it in there. And then you look back a year later and other things, you'll be stunned at how much God has done for you. Hey, he really is watching out for me. Hey, you really did provide for me. Hey, you really did guide me. God, you really were right there. Yeah. I want you to have the best year ever. And that's what the Lord would say. So here's the 2014 Life Change Challenge, fourth one, probably the hardest one of all four of them. This year, I'll let go of hurts from my past and worries about my future. Because I want to have the best year ever. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, um, letting go of the past and, le- uh, and hurts from the past is hard because some of us have been hurt deeply. And Lord, some of us are going to need to seek counsel and help to get past this. And Lord, um, if we can help our staff here, then we want to help in any way we can. Some of us need to make amends for things we've said and done. Some of us are going to need to let go when other people won't apologize and let you handle it and let you settle the score. Some of us, Lord, we're worried to death about the future. And sometimes we worry about stuff we just made up in our heads. And it causes us to panic and causes us to fret, causes us to ruin perfectly good days with worries that never even came true. And so, God, I just pray that you will give us peace. Lord, I want every person here to have the best year they could possibly have in 2014. I want us to be fully present with today. Jesus is right. Lord, he's always right. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you for hearing our prayers. We pray them in the strong name of Jesus, the one who forgave the people nailing him to the cross, the one who said he'd be with his disciples till the very end of the world. In the name of that all-powerful, all-loving Jesus who forgave us everything, We pray that you'll make us like him. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.